grateful that you're here as we gather together to worship our risen Christ. Can I get an amen to that? Praise God, praise God. You know, as I think about Jesus, when he was in the womb of Mary, how that beat, that heartbeat started to to give him life. And he lived his life throughout this earth, and he did miracles, and he showed the disciples what to do and what was expected to send him out two by two. And it came time in his life, the same as our life, that anything, the only thing guaranteed in life is death. So at one point, his heartbeat had stopped as we talked about, you know, the Good Friday, and he gave his life for us. That beat flatlined, but then three days later, that beat started up again to give him life, and not only give Jesus life, but provided us the opportunity to know that when we believe in Christ, is that death does not hold the last word, but that Jesus holds the keys of hell and death, and therefore we can also experience life after death. Amen. So what happens is, you know, not, not more of what happens, usually our pastors uh, in this church, we provide funeral services for members as well as non-members. When we meet with those families, whether by phone or in person, we want to gather information because it's not only a funeral of a loved one, but we pray that it is a celebration of life. And whatever took place in their lifetime of how they made an impact in your life, and therefore we want to celebrate it. I know we go through the grieving process, but also how we celebrate the life is remembering the sweetness of memories and putting away anything aside, anything that's bitterness. But think about this for a moment. As I go into Scripture today, we have the privilege of hearing the story of Jesus, and we hear what took place three days later, but the individuals that were around Jesus at that time had experienced a horrific death. They had seen it. It was painful. It was hurt. There was the suffering, and especially the injustice. When we hear about speedy trials, you you have the right to a speedy trial type of thing, that's not what they were looking for when it came to their teacher, their Messiah, the Christ. And they saw him on the cross. He died, his blood was shed for our sins, and then he was buried. He was placed in the tomb. And here is where we find ourselves. So keep that in mind. We have the privilege, but I pray that you put yourself in that moment of how they were feeling. Whether it was Mary, Jesus' mother, whether it was Mary Magdalene, his disciples, or any of the followers. Think about what they were going through at that time. So I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bibles to the book of uh, John, Gospel book of John, chapter 20. I'll be reading from verses 1 through 18. But I will be stopping intermittently so that way I can share a few words with you. Beginning on verse 1. It says, Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Let me pause there for a moment. Here, because of the sudden death, the tragic loss of Jesus, here Mary was found grieving went over to the tomb where his body lay, and she wanted to grieve while it was still dark. In the midst of that, she saw that the stone had been rolled away. 
So in that sense, her grieving was short-circuited because of what she saw. It may be that she says she was probably thinking, there's no way, something must have happened. There's no way I can deal with this on my own. So here's what happened that Mary did. In verse 2, the Bible says that she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one who Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. And then they went home. Think about this for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. When Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, her grieving was short-circuited. When she found Peter and John, what took place there, wherever they were, wherever she found them, I really believe also that they were grieving. Here's the person that they left everything that they had lived for to follow Jesus. And here, the, man, the person, the man, you know, that they came to love and, and learn from is no longer by their side. So they were grieving. So their grieving was also short-circuited, and they ran to the tomb. And there from that tomb, they saw, and the Bible says they believed. There are some people who believe in Christ right away. It's just they, they see it, they hear it, and they believe. But there are others who take a little longer to believe in Jesus. Our responsibility is not to judge those who want to take their, their time, but also respect them. Because when they come to believe in Jesus Christ, it's not based on somebody else's faith and somebody else's timing, but because they have come to believe it themselves, the same way the disciples did. They heard about Jesus, what took place in his body from Mary, but they went and found out for themselves. They saw, and then they believed. How do we grieve? You see, it's important for us to grieve in our lives. Maybe you're here today and your loved one is not, no longer present with you. So this is maybe the first Easter that they're not with you. And there, so you're, you're grieving and you're feeling that pain. But think about how, you know, put yourself in Mary's shoes. And, and not just more about comparison, but knowing what she was feeling and the grieving. So when they went home, I believe the disciples went a different way emotionally from how they came, and they went back. But another person remained grieving, and that was Mary. Let's continue on with verse 11. The Bible says Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and, and, and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the feet of the place where the body of Jesus was lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she, re she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. Now she turned to leave, 
and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. You know, sometimes people say, you know, what, uh, pastors, why, why did Mary not know that it would recognize that it was Jesus? And again, if you put yourself in Mary's shoes, when we're crying, whether, you know, uh, uh, males or females, no matter what the age it is, when we're crying, when we're hurting, when we're grieving, doesn't everything else around us look blurry? Or maybe you have been grieving yourself and somebody's next to you or someone has told you the following, says, um, I, I didn't realize you were there. Because they're going through something deep within their hearts, in their lives. So Mary, when she said that, you know, she, um, the, the Bible is saying that she didn't recognize that it was Jesus. She thought it was the gardener. But right, so let's say here, let's go to verse uh, 14. She turned to leave. Okay, verse 15. Jesus says, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Sir, again, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. I believe at that very moment is when that hopelessness that she was feeling, the grieving that she was feeling turned to being hopeful. Because her reaction is this. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. The excitement to know that he's, even, that he's alive. That his body was not taken away by somebody. She didn't have to go somewhere to go, to go get him. But that here is Jesus when she, he called her by name. And she just exclaimed with gratitude and just saying, my goodness, like you're alive, Rabboni, teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go and find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. You see, now that very moment, again, the disciples saw and believed in the tomb. Mary was there in the tomb, but she was still grieving. And it came time when she met Jesus and saw Jesus again as a resurrected body. She came to also believe. The impact in her life, she wanted to go and share with others that I have seen the Lord. We, too, should also be excited that we come together and we worship our risen Christ, that he is no longer dead. How do we get excited to tell other people about our Savior and our Lord? You see, you have to understand also that the loss of a loved one is not the only time that we grieve in life. You could, you could grieve on the loss of a job. The loss of finances, the loss of a relationship with another person, whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, however many uh, months or years or probably weeks or days that you were dating, (laughs) (laughs) or even those who have been married for an extended number of years and find themselves struggling, find themselves separating and possibly even divorcing because they're just grieving about something that has affected the relationship within themselves. But how many also of us are grieving our relationship that we're no longer in that relationship with God ourselves? Jesus died for us, 
And the Bible says that if we ask for forgiveness, that God will forgive us and cleanse us. And therefore, we have another day, a beautiful day as today, that we not only come to worship our risen Christ, but it's another day that God has given us, which is another day of opportunity. To prayerfully turn that hopelessness to being hopeful. I want to end with this, and it's found in the first Corinthians chapter 15, beginning on verse 16. Paul says here, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is useless. And you are are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who have died. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus knew our griefs. So if you believe that, you know, if you are grieving yourself, just know that God knows our griefs through Jesus Christ. He knew our griefs. He died our death, but he rose for our sake. Receive it. Believe it. Also knowing that death does not hold the last word in this life, even though that's the only guaranteed in life. We can have life everlasting because we believe in the one that gave his life for us. That is found in Jesus Christ. So I pray that this week that you list anything. One of the, the what I call homeworks. If you could list and, and identify an area in your life where you are dealing with hurt and struggles and ask God to restore hope. And I encourage you to also share Mary's a story of the resurrection with other people. Don't keep it within these walls. Don't keep it within yourself. Share it with others. She was excited when she saw Jesus that she went and shared it. It is our responsibility to become the voice, to become the hands and the feet of Jesus out in the community and throughout the world to show them that God, Jesus Christ, in the movement of the Holy Spirit is still alive and well because of what we say by what we do. Not because of what we've done, but what Christ has done for us, through us, and in us. Can I get an amen? amen? Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we come before your presence thanking you for another day of life. As I share, Lord, another day of life is another day of opportunity. And we today, knowing what a great opportunity we have in life because of Christ, the resurrected Christ through the movement of the precious Holy Spirit in our lives, that we are not alone, but we're so thankful. But we know, Lord, that there are people who are dealing with grieving, uh, grief in their lives, Lord, not only because of the death of a loved one, but something else in their life that they feel hopeless. We pray, Lord, that you turn that around as they reach out to you and plead to you to help them and, and assist them, that you be able to provide an answer to provide from that hopelessness to being hopeful. That we as a body of Christ, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are a people of hope. We're thankful that you have not given up on us even when we have given up on you. 
restore our relationship, that we can come closer to you, Lord. And whatever we do and how we live our life, let it align with your will. We thank you for the resurrected Christ, not only becoming our Savior, but we ask, Lord, that, it be, that Jesus Christ becomes the Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.